Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. NFL players are not feeling safe, and they had a coordinated social media plan. Hashtag, we want to play. We'll tell you what that's all about. We'll also rank the Bucks rookies not in how they were drafted, but in order of impact for 2020. And Charlie Morton will be the Rays' opening day starter on Friday against the Toronto Blue Jays. Wait, may not be Toronto. They're homeless as the city of Toronto won't let them return. And Lightning Captain Steven Stamkos looks like he's back and skating again with teammates. We've got all that and more to talk about on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. So... Lots going on uh, this weekend. Steve, I was figuring it out. Uh, you know, all the sports are kind of coming back at the same time or so. It would it would seem we'll get in the NFL yep. and some of their hesitations. But I I think if you count um, starting with Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday, I only got to wake up three more mornings and then there'll be baseball. This was the uh, last weekend without our three major sports playing on a weekend. That's crazy, right? Baseball this weekend, and then hockey starts next week. And the Lightning won't start officially till Monday the third. But so two weeks from today will be their first round robin game. But yeah, I mean, the, we're we're finally here. It's been a long four plus months. Thank God. But we're here. Thank God, and and of course we hope that it that these teams and and leagues are able to stay open. That's going to be the the uh, the biggest challenge I think once they get onto the the playing field of course they they've been playing I was watching um, some some what amounts to spring t- training two games uh, over the over the last few days on on television and I got to tell you on TV um, <laughs> except for, except for the very entertaining cutouts of fans behind the plate which is cool because <laughs> the Rays are going to do that too I think that's a great idea, by the way. I just, I just, I love it. But the cutouts should be wearing masks. They're not wearing masks. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not distanced socially distanced properly, and they're not. They're not uh, mask appropriate, right? Um, uh, there was one that was like a dog. I mean, it was great. <laughs> so, um, but but you know what? With the ambient kind of like uh, sound, you know, the mm-hmm. the buzzing of the crowd, as it were, you know, the reaction time is a little late with the with the fans. Uh, but you you know, heard like the chant of "Let's go Mets" and stuff. I mean, look, if you're not, if you're just kind of have the game on, you know, like we do a lot of times with baseball and you're just focusing on pitcher, catcher, batter, et cetera, only when they show a shot of the very empty stands, do you realize that nobody's there. And yet, you know, it, it, it was competitive. I mean, these guys are out there and they're trying to, you know, the pitcher's trying to get guys out and the hitter's trying to, to get, uh, you know, rake. And and it's just, um, it's just so cool to see them compete so i think it's going to be fine from a from a television standpoint it won't be the same obviously not being able to go to a game if you're a fan um and obviously there's going to be some some different things that will uh, will seem odd but um but man it just it it's really it feels like it's really going to happen now at least with major league baseball probably with hockey and the nba we'll see what the nfl does which brings us um to what's going on now which is you know look this morning or today 
There are NFL teams, Kansas City and the Texans, are supposed to have rookies in the building that fast. It's supposed to be today. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks rookies are supposed to report on Tuesday. So, like, we're here. We're almost at training camp. Of course, the 28th, June 28th, is the opening of uh, full squad training camps for most teams in the NFL, with the exception of the ones that play early. And yet, um, social media was exploding with NFL players under the hashtag, we want to play. Well, yeah, <laughs> I would think you would. And, and who doesn't want you to play? Um, but what it comes down to is, is that only the NFL can, can really tell players when they're to show up at training camp um, and when the season will start and those kind of things like that. That's up to the owners, in essence. Um, but J.J. Watt kind of started this off in, in, a, in a bunch of NFL stars uh, in a coordinated uh, sort of social media attack, uh, all kind of followed suit. And, and what, what, what Watt wanted to make clear to fans is this, is that you know, they, they just want to be safe as possible. Um, uh, he kind of had a checklist of things. The NFL can mandate the players show up to training camp regardless if any agreement has been reached between the NFL and the NFLPA. Um, he said, uh, we still have not been granted all the full and proper training camp acclimation period necessary as recommended by the medical and training staffs. And that, that acclimation period, um, you know, that's been recommended is, is several weeks as opposed to just four or five days that would, it, it would normally be. He said, we still don't know if there will be daily testing, um, or every other day testing. I mean, these, these are, you know, these are important things. Um, he also said that they don't know if there's going to be, you know, preseason games and they, the league has said there's going to be two, not four. The players don't want any, they don't know how a positive COVID test will be handled with regards to, uh, to others that have been in close contact, whether, you know, if you've been close to a, another player in the huddle or engaged with a coach or whatever, um, the, the fair, you know, opt out clause. Uh, for those that are at higher risk or have family members with higher risk, hasn't been agreed upon. If players don't show up on time, they can be fined and considered in breach of their contract, even if they feel like their health or safety protocols have not been uh, agreed upon, um, or uh, in you know there's or if there's not an infectious disease emergency response plans haven't been approved. So, you know, all of that is uh, is their way of saying. Um, how the hell are we supposed to come to camp when we don't really know what the protocols are or we haven't agreed to protocols yet? And yet I think the NFL has every intention of, of making them do just that. And there's still conference calls to be had. They were talking uh, as we're doing this podcast on Sunday night. Uh, there were talks all over the weekend, so they're going to try to iron this stuff out. But um, but but there are there are a lot of players. And we heard from Donovan Smith last week. Um, or actually a couple weeks ago, week and a half ago, and he was talking about how he doesn't feel uh, that maybe it's worth the risk. He's got a newborn uh, first child coming in, in about a week or so. Uh, and there are other, you know, other players express that concern too about their families, about, you know, how often they'll be tested. They, they feel like, well, you know, we're going to be in contact with players every day. Doesn't that mean that we need to be tested every day? So, and then when you're tested, now what is the turnaround time for that? You know, can they get the results back that quickly? I mean, there's just a lot of questions here. And some of this stuff is being, you know, kind of leaking out what, what they're going to allow or what has been discussed in these conference calls and agreed upon or, or somewhat agreed upon. But I'm, you know, I was, 
I mean, we'll know this morning, but I, I was of the belief that, you know, the NFL was pushing forward come hell or high water, whether the union was ready or not. I still think that'll be the case, but it may not be. It may be that we're we're headed towards sort of a Major League Baseball type, um, you know, final protocols have to be agreed upon. Not that they're going to shorten the season per se, although they could do that too. Um, but I still, you know, when you don't know, for example, you're the Bucks, right? And you're trying to come up with a ticket policy and you're going to refund tickets or something like that, which we, we should hear about that here in the coming days about what the Bucks plan is. And some teams have already jumped out there and said, we're giving the money back, et cetera. But does that include preseason? Do you know if you're playing any games or not? Because the owners want to play too. But if, if it ends up that they're playing none, that certainly affects what your business side has to do. Mm-hmm. And that affects the bottom line and that affects the salary cap. And what about where's that money going to move to? So, you know, there's a lot that hasn't been decided here. Yeah, well, and you hope, and let's take the, the, the glasses half full part of mm-hmm. this. If you remember back to hockey, yes. um, as, the, as it was getting closer to a deal, there was rumblings that a lot of the players weren't comfortable coming back. And it was, you know, there was a report out of, of TSN in, in Canada to Chris Johnson was 75% of the players aren't comfortable coming back. Mm. Well, it was purely they didn't know what the protocols were. They didn't know what was being discussed because not everything was being shared with them because it was changing so quick. And, and, and how do you not negotiate in the public? Don't tell everybody what you're negotiating. And so maybe with the NFL, and I'll take the glass half full, that maybe as the players – I mean, look, the NFL cares about the safety of their players. You know, Maybe some players want more protocols than what the NFL is willing to do, but it's not like the NFL is just, you know, mm-hmm. we're coming back and we're not doing anything. I mean – you know, major stars get sick and, and hurt and, and unhealthy, and they don't, you know, that's not good for business. So not having protocols that are keeping your players safe and keeping, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes from getting COVID-19, you know, it's in their best interest to do that too. So how you get there specifically, we'll find out. I mean, it sounds like the players are like, we don't know what's the protocols. That's what you're kind of hearing come out. I mean, I think they know some, but well, I think they, they disagree with how like take testing, for example, because mm-hmm. that's really what's going to, you know, sure. um, be the determiner here of, of um, who's safe and who's not. But from my understanding, at least the idea uh, with the bucks and other teams, um, well, let's just take the bucks was going to be that they're going to test every couple days. Well, you know, there could be a day where you come in there and you, you you don't have any symptoms and you take a test, but you're back the next day and waiting on the results until, you know, two days after you took it. And maybe you don't have symptoms, but you've now been in a room with four or five other guys or a coach or, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then you come back, you're COVID positive, you know, like, okay, what, you know, so what about the other guys you've, you've mm-hmm. kind of exposed now? Are they, do they have to then wait until they get too, negative test, which is what it is with baseball before they can come back. So, you know, the, 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 just the, and then, you know, do the players, because remember in football, these guys are going home, you know, and they're mm-hmm. going to try to protect their families as, as they have been doing, you would hope. And the ones that have young children or maybe a pregnant wife or this, this sort of thing, older grandparent that may live with them. Um, this is a real concern and they don't want to, you know, be sitting in a, in a meeting room with a teammate and find out, you know, he took a test two days ago and I was around him and now I've been coming home to my wife or my um, pregnant wife or infant daughter, or whatever, or grandparent. And now I find out that, you know, the guy I sit next to has COVID and, 
you know, I may have already, I may have already transmitted that, um, and, and was unaware I even had it. So, I mean, I, I just think it's about safety. It's about their family safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there are, there are recommendations, you know, these guys have not, even though, you know, Tom Brady, which by the way, he has not weighed in on this. I thought was interesting because again, this goes back to what Demora Smith said when these guys were working out, how do you, how do you work out as much as they did in the off season and then as a group come to the league and say, we don't feel safe. Well, we told you not to work out and you kept doing it and, and you all could have had COVID then. I don't think they're being tested unless they got it on their own. So now, now you want us to protect you. You know what I mean? So this is part of the negotiation thing that the Morris Smith talked about, but we haven't heard from Brady who, as you know, just said, you know, we have nothing to fear, but fear itself. Thank you, FDR. Um, but there are some players that, that do have real concerns and you know, how much of this is posture? I mean, I think what we, what's leaked out about the league is this, that they're going to have an incredibly, incredibly one-year-only generous injured list uh, sort of protocol, if you will, and that is that almost any player that, that's hurt and then a player that might have to leave because of, of uh, coronavirus – they can all come back at some point. You know, you used to have a, a limited number of guys. You couldn't really stash people on injured lists. Now you're going to be able to stash everybody there if you need them. If the guy's out a week, two weeks, six weeks, it won't matter. They're trying to keep the roster as fluid and as flexible as possible. Um, there will be a you know probably a separate de- designation and and rules for bringing somebody back if they test positive for COVID. Um, but it's going to be pretty liberal in terms of you know, how they can, um, how many players they can kind of keep, um, you know, if not on the roster, but on IR, et cetera, and bringing them back and forth. So, I mean, they've, they've sort of worked out a lot of, a lot of the details to this. So it's not like everything is up in the air, but those are some major issues that JJ Watt and others, you know, sort of, sort of put out there. And I think, you know, a lot, again, a lot of it's posturing, might be like the NHL where, you know, you get to the final day and, you know, these conference calls that they're having uh, as we're doing this podcast all work out and everything's fine. But, I, I, again, I think football, you know, trying to do this in football, NBA, yeah, there's close contact and sweating and all that. Football, the absolute purpose is contact in every play. Um, I can see where, you know, it, it feels different to these guys. And we talked about big body mass and minorities and, people that are more susceptible to this virus uh, and they should be scared. They should be concerned. So they just want a safe environment and, you know, hopefully they can get that worked out. But rookies are supposed to be uh, back at camp for the Bucks on Tuesday. And then again, uh, you know, right now anyway, July 28th would be the first full squad reporting date. I mean, football is here and um, you know, and and for as much runway as I thought they were going to have, they, they all along kind of, kind of kept their off season the way it always was, right? They had the, the free agency did not stop. Um, we know how big Brady was in that whole thing. Uh, even though they didn't have an off season program, they did it virtually. They had, they did the draft virtually, but everything was on schedule up until now. And today, the, you know, Kansas city and the Texans play that Thursday, first Thursday game. And, you know, they're supposed to have rookies in their building. And before they can do that, I, th- I would think they'd have to make some progress on on at least testing and how often they're going to be tested and, and um, 
you know, sort of, sort of how safe those guys can feel. But we'll see what happens. I, I, I do know that, you know, that baseball is going to start. And, and that's, boy, that's exciting. Um, I don't know. Have you watched any of these games? Like they're playing sort of these spring training mm-hmm. 2.0 games, I guess you would say. I haven't really caught too much of them. I've seen some highlights here and there. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, from a TV perspective, I mean, it's, you know, it's a little shocking when you see the empty stadiums, depending on what the angles are. And of course, I was watching um, the Mets. I think it was the Mets and Yankees. I'm not sure. Yeah, the other day. And they had the cutouts of the fans, which I think is a great idea. They're hilarious behind home plate mm-hmm. um, and everything. But the the ambient sound on television, which comes from the stadium, uh, sounds just like the, the hum of a crowd, right? Yep. When, mm-hmm. when nothing is going on. And it is sort of the soundtrack to baseball. And um, like I said, they, they push the buttons a little late in terms of, you know, cheers or something good happens or something bad happens. Uh, but you have the organ music, you have the walk-up songs and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it from a television standpoint, these guys are still competing. They're still trying to get people out. They're still trying to make great plays and run the bases hard and all of that. So, you know, it's not what we want, but... Damn, it's it's baseball. Well, it's here, really here's one thing about baseball. stands. So Andrew Marshan from the uh, New York Post tweeted tonight. Mm-hmm. Fox has played around with putting virtual fans in the seats, and he's been really? told, he's been told it looks very realistic. Wow, wow, yeah, they could do that. You're right. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, that's, I mean, he put that out on Sunday night here, so we'll see. Uh, you know, it may look like full houses. Uh, you know, Raymond James may be full when Tom Brady <laughs> takes the field. Who knows? Now I wonder how they do that. Like, where they take like crowd shots of uh, of, of sections of, of of other people from other games and kind of input them there, or could it potentially be like the same person in every seat? That'd be creepy. No, right? I don't think it'd be that. I think it'd be more, you know, I, I uh, probably more like what EA Sports does and stuff. Um, yeah, you know, whole sections of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, when we look at the blimp shot, are you going to see, you know? Well, every faces. seat, every seat yeah. filled, or, or you know, that's a good question. Are they even going to do blimps this year? I mean, do you really want that overhead? I don't shot think you want stadiums? the. Yeah, I don't think you want the blimp. I mean, you know, you know, that might be. You might want to try that. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think they're doing the tarps is that you know, from so mm-hmm. many low angle shots, you yep. you won't see fans, but you also won't see empty seats. You'll see advertising, which they can make revenue on, mm-hmm. much like you see in the Premier League. Well, yeah. Well, um, it's, so, it's like, and in, in, I know this for the Bengals stadium, Paul Brown Stadium mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Yeah. So the Bengals' colors are orange and black. Mm-hmm. The seats are green. Mm. Do you know why that was done that way? No. Because green makes it look like there's more people in the seats. Really? When you have scattered, I mean, not empty, but when you have fans throughout, the green seats don't stand out as much, so it feels like there's more people in there on a TV shot. Wow. Unlike Pittsburgh, who puts yellow seats in because they sell every seat out, so they don't have to worry about that. Yeah. But the green seats on television look, you know, when you, not like I said, not empty stands, you can tell that, but when you've got holes in there and not Do every you think the filled. red seats at Raymond James look empty or, I mean, can you tell, or are they people that wear so many red jerseys that you, it kind of blends in? It probably blends in with the red. I mean, you know, because of the jerseys and stuff. I mean, I, you know, yeah. I haven't noticed too much, but I mean, you can mm-hmm. see some open seats, but it's it's more, like I said, it's not that you're trying to, it's not that you see everybody in a seat, but that green is a little more neutral of a color that you doesn't stand out as much. 
Well, that'd be interesting to see if they do that with a virtual crowd. I mean, I look, it, we're all going to be watching this from uh, aside from the few that might be able to actually watch from the game, like writers mm-hmm. uh, covering the Rays, et cetera. But we're all going to be watching from television. So our experience is going to be television. And, you know, the more... A lot of the, the announcers' one, experience are going to be television. And they're, they're going to be calling it from, from remotely, too. I mean, I so, haven't heard the NFL, but I assume that... The radio teams are going to be back at their stadiums. I don't. I haven't heard. I mean, I know baseball's doing. You know, that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the national guys may be there. Yeah, for the television. But I wonder if if they're going to limit like you know, Bucks radio or visiting radio from coming in. Well, here's what I don't. Here's what I don't understand about that, and I'm I'm sure somebody smarter than me can explain it. But I, I think it's because they're part of the team. You know, the the mm-hmm. local announcers, whether it's radio, television, they're actually, uh, they're I don't know who they work for, but they're approved by the team, and often they mm-hmm. would travel on they would travel on the team charter for the most part. Mm-hmm. So they're they're trying to eliminate contact with players, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. from people that that may not be sort of in their bubble yep. and aren't tested as often. So I get why they're not around the team. What I don't understand, though, is like in the case of baseball and probably football, there's going to be writers and and media in the stadium. Now, mm-hmm. we won't mm-hmm. be anywhere near players, uh, but we're in the press box, right? We're yeah. going to be, from what I understand, even at away games, uh, it'll be a limited number of people, but mm-hmm. we'll be in the stadium. So why then couldn't, other than the travel, well, right? Well, than, I think there's a couple of things. I think it's travel. Yeah, I, I think it's because they do write on the charter. You know, mm-hmm. Andy and Dave for the Rays and Dave Michigan, Phyllis Bazito, they're on the, the team charter. So one, mm-hmm. you're probably trying to create less people on the charter for more space on the t- on the plane. Sure. Two, you're making a lot less money, so the cost of hotels and everything else on the road. Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, but the other part is limiting how many people are in the press area, in the press box. Yeah. You know, I, I know that with the Rays on the – the you know the press box is on one level and then the broadcast booths are on another, but they're limiting how many people can be in that area up there in the broadcast booth total. Yeah, you know yeah. between TV, radio, and all that. So not having visiting radio, visiting radio there and limiting other stuff, it's allowing you to keep less people in those areas, which yeah. is you know and part of social distancing is trying to keep less people. You know, so if if the technology is there today to where you can do that, that's yeah. why these leagues are doing it. But I, I think there's it's travel, but part of its cost, part of its you know, there's, there's, I think there's a lot of factors to it. I mean, I watch the national games, and I mean, again, they're kind of treating it like spring training. They got interviews mm-hmm. with players and stuff, but they're all doing it remotely. And to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I just hear voices. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that they're not in the press box. I, it's to me, it's unrecognizable. You know, from a just from a aesthetic standpoint, they, they've done this for years on a lot of games, like on ESPN three, some of these mm-hmm. smaller college games or. You know, when ESPN three showing you know a volleyball match from these two co- colleges, that a lot of that's okay. been done that way for years. Now the major games, the announcers are there, but yeah, on a lot of these, you know, the games you'll see either on ESPN two late or like you'll see on the internet or whatever else. A lot of those have been doing that for years that way. That's really fascinating to me, but I, I think it's going to be great. Um, it's much like how we do this podcast together, and we're not together. Yeah, that's right. And most people wouldn't realize that. They other, probably wouldn't. Other than we've, to- we've told people, but. Right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. No, it's 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 true. There's a lot of great technology. With respect to uh, to the Rays opening on Friday. Charlie Morton is the opening day starter. I don't know if that's a surprise per se. I mean, he he was their 15 game winner last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly his career speaks for itself. I, I think, you know, when you're talking about opening day, I mean, nothing's too big for Charlie Morton. He's pitched in Game Sevens in the World Series before. Um, but you had you had some choices. Blake Snell being the other obvious mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's you know I, I think they're both ready to go. Is is you know they're both pushed about as far as they can be at this point no one's going to go out there and throw eight innings um i don't know what what, what, i mean he seemed you know it was bittersweet for him because he's like you know it's a great honor i mean it's it's the first time he's ever started opening day yeah it's incredible right at this this Mm -hmm. career that he's had and and it's his first opening day assignment and yet no one will like his family won't be there his kids i mean it's kind of bittersweet right but he he kind of he kind of played both sides of it but it is I, look, I mean, I did think you expect Morton to be the guy? I don't know if I expected Morton to be the guy, but I think if you look at it a couple ways, one, this may be his final season. Mm-hmm. He's got a, you know, there is an option for next year, but this could be his final season. He's definitely pitched well enough to earn that honor. It's not, this isn't just being handed out to him because you know he's a nice guy and we want. I mean, but if you know, look back at last year, he was their best pitcher from start to finish because one, he didn't no get doubt. hurt. I mean, you know, Blake Snell and Glasnow were hurt throughout the season. Snell twice, Glasnow hurt, you know. So if you look at back at last season and who had the best season, it was Morton. And, you know, he's, like I said, you have three three aces on the staff at this point. So take your pick which one you want to throw. Morton, based on last season, knowing this could be his last season as well, I think think it was nice of the race to, to give him that honor. I think it's tremendous, actually. Yeah, he, he obviously was under when Cash told him he kind of Cash said kind of shrugged his shoulders like okay, um, but then he did say you know look it's taken it's taken him a long top a long time I mean his whole career mm-hmm. um, and it does mean something to him and he said you know it's kind of like every first I mean you use the first time you're an all star um, first time you pitch in a uh, you know uh, a World Series game um, all those all those things you want to check and so. You know he has a chance to uh, to check this box. What it means, though, Steve, too, is that if if everybody sort of keeps the rotation, and we don't know, you know, exactly how it's going to go based on how deep these guys go into games, where you're going to have a five man rotation, you're going to go three, and then a you know, and then an opener, and then you know, a bullpen day. Or we're going to use you know, they're going to use Sharinos, who came back from COVID. He's back in the building now, and looks like he'll be ready to go. Um, but it means that you're drawing everybody else's ace too. So the matchup now is going to mm-hmm. be, you know, Charlie Morton against the other team's top pitcher. Well, and, and look, if there's anybody on that staff, you know, that can handle that pressure and that, you know, every time out, uh, you know, you have no doubt Charlie Morton can handle that. So I like I mean, it. Yeah. I, look, I, I think, I think you're rewarding him for last season and, and he was their best starting pitcher last season, mostly because he stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, Snell and Glasnow were great when they pitched. Glasnow more than Snell. Snell kind of struggled a little bit last year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so Morton was the best pitcher, so reward him for that. And, and you know, and, and maybe it's kind of a career honor too, but, you know, based on last season alone, he earned it. 
Yeah, and the only thing he doesn't know is just like, you know, how built up he is. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, with a 60-game season, does that mean that once these guys are, are sort of, you know, have, have the endurance and they've had to, like I said, they're all supposed to be around five innings, 75 pitches right now. Um, but he, he feels like he could go out there and throw 100. Now, do you do you go longer with starters because they're not ultimately going to pitch that many games in a 60-game season? Um, I think, you know, you're going to – look, the Rays are very numbers-based, and, yeah. you know, throughout the game they're going to look at how his stuff is facing. And the second time through the order, was it different than the first time? And then when you get to the third – I think you have no fear of sending out pitchers for 100 pitches and, and leaving your starters out there longer more often if they're effective. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're going to see that opening day because I, I still think they want to build to it to avoid injury. But there, you know, that's one of the, the advantages of a 60 game season is, you know, this season going in, they were looking at how can we work in some extra off days for Charlie Morton throughout the season and, you know, throw in a, a, an opener an extra day to give Morton an extra day of rest and this, that, and the other. They don't have to do that now because he's not going to get nearly the innings he normally gets in a season for a 60-game mm-hmm. stretch and then hopefully a playoff run. So those shackles are off. I, I think you'll see pitchers – I think you'll see starting pitchers that are effective go longer in games. You know, you, I think you'll see guys like Scherzer go deeper into games more often. Um, mm-hmm. And in particular in the National League when you, you don't have to worry about pinch hitting for, for pitchers this year too right? Um, as far as the National League goes. But, yeah, I think, I think you'll see pitchers go deeper – when they're effective, but this is still a numbers-based game at this point. And, you know, if, if it looks like the fastball's lost two miles an hour or the spin isn't the same in the fifth inning as it was in the third, then you may not go that long. I mean, it's all going to be based on how you perform. Well, it's going to come down, you know, to who gets off to a good start. And, you know, if this were 162 games, um, I think the Yankees and Dodgers would have been favored, may still be favored to be in the World Series uh, the Yankees were playing the Mets, I guess, on Sunday night. And uh, as I left the game after about six innings, they'd already hit five home runs, including two by Aaron Judge. So, so nothing has All changed. All right. Yeah. I mean, look, they they have a hell of a lineup, man. I mean, like I said, you're not going to go out there and, you know, it's going to take some pitching to shut those guys down. If the Rays struggle – Steve, I, I don't I don't know that it'll be the bullpen. I don't I don't think it's gonna be pitching. I think that'll play itself out. Defense should be okay, although there's a lot of moving parts um outside of maybe, you know, shortstop catcher center field. I think it's gonna be that they're gonna struggle scoring runs. And this is not news for race fans. Well, it's not, although I will say I've said that the last two March you know, or right going into April as we've started the season going, I don't know if they can put together enough hits to score, put crooked numbers up and score runs. And they've proved me wrong the last and they've two done years. It. So. Yeah, they've done it. Um, Although I will say this, Hunter Renfro, you know, they lost Tommy Pham, who was a big on-base guy in addition to mm-hmm. home runs and all that. Hunter Renfro is going to strike out a lot, a lot. <laughs> yes, a lot. he will. Yes, he will. I watch him I watch him have the golden sombrero in an inter-squad game, and, I mean, he didn't come close. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I – I'm just saying, I know it was one game, but I just think you're going to see a lot of swings and misses. And if you do in the middle of that lineup, you know, because they got some guys that can, they got some power, but they don't have, they don't have that surefire, you know, other than run pro. I mean, you know, who's the guy that's going to get you, you know, 30 home runs this year? They're, they always come up with one, but, um, but they, you know, you know, after Adamas and Kiermaier, you know, those guys are in the lineup, then everybody else is a moving part. 
You know, is Yoshi, you know, Susuko gonna gonna be the guy? Is it gonna be, you know, I mean, just who, where where are they gonna get all their run production? But that's what we say every year, and every year they prove us wrong. And really, it's not about run accumulation; it's, it's about, about run, run prevention. prevention. <laughs> and that's right. So they do that better than anybody. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, man, baseball is almost here, and I'm I'm cool with it. However they want to do it. No fans, fans. I mean, are you, you know. gonna are you gonna watch the lightning scrimmage this afternoon? Um, I'll try to. You know what's cool about the? I mean, everything's coming back at once. Is that um, what's cool about the NHL is they're gonna have games like all day, right? Yeah. They're gonna start at noon on most days. They're gonna have that five or fantastic. six games a day for that first week. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, so you're gonna start at noon, and the last game is gonna start at ten thirty at night. So you got hockey from noon till at least one a.m. It's fantastic, and and I guess John Cooper was asked, you know, at least with respect to these round what Robin games before mm-hmm. they actually get to the Stanley Cup yep. uh, playoffs, he's not really sure if he's going to go sort of with all his guys all the time. Yeah, we've we've been having this discussion a lot. Um, look, I think there's three round robin games. You have August third, August fifth, and August ninth, mm-hmm. and then the second round or the first round of the playoffs start either August eleventh or twelfth, presumably. Mm-hmm. The eleventh will be the first games. So you don't know if you'll play the first day. I would assume August 9th you're going to have your full lineup in. Makes sense. That's, that's two days or three days before your first game, which mm-hmm. that's a normal rest between games. So I assume you're going to want your your lineup in, particularly goalie, Vasilevsky in for that game. Right. You probably, your first round robin game, want your regulars in. Or maybe you could, but maybe those first two you experiment, but your third one you're not going to experiment. Because you don't, mm-hmm. it's only it's two days before the first game, so you're gonna you're gonna play your your eighteen best skaters, and the goalies are gonna be Vasilevsky and, and McElhaney. Right. So maybe for a game or two, you you, I mean, but how many of those guys do you want to get in? Really, I mean, maybe you put in a Braden Coburn, who's probably your seventh defenseman, or Zach Bogosian. Maybe a Carter Verhage or a Mitchell Stevens gets a, a, a game. Uh, you also have an exhibition game the week before too. I, I think it's just more about getting guys to the starting line and trying right. to trying to eliminate the potential for injury. Yeah, I, I think so. But I, I think with such a short ramp up to playoff intensity, that the guys to are going to want four games in. Yeah, you know, maybe you hold Stamkos out for a game just as he's coming back from injury. Maybe he only plays two of the three round robins. Uh, but you, but you want to get them in a flow too. I mean, you want to get their you know their rhythm and. You know, one of the one of the issues the Lightning have had in recent seasons offensively, they're such a high skilled team that sometimes off of long breaks, bye weeks, Christmas break, the start of the season, their mm-hmm. their passing isn't as crisp. They're they're just a little bit off. Yeah. They're such a, a finesse team that you know those passes aren't right on the tape and it doesn't work as well. Um, and right. it doesn't have to be off by much to throw it off, and, and you're just not as smooth as, as you know. And it usually takes two or three games for them to get in that flow. So you may want to use those round robin games to get that, get that consistency going and get that, the feel for everything. So the players are ready come you know that first best of seven series on August eleventh or twelfth. What does it take for a goaltender? That I think that's an interesting. Will McElhaney see any time, or do you just ride Vasilevsky? And if he gets hurt, then McElhaney, you know, he's a veteran, have to step up. But um, in other words, does I mean do those guys need? I mean. We know Vasilevsky likes to play every game, and he likes to see a lot of shots. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I could see maybe where out of the four games, including the exhibition, maybe McElhaney takes a period or two just to get him in, just to get him some feel. Yeah. But I can't see – I don't see Vasilevsky missing 
whole games for one of those games. Yeah. But time will tell. I mean, you know, as, as Julian Breesbaugh and John Cooper have both said, everything they are doing is gearing up for that first game of the Stanley Cup playoffs, not the round robin. Their, their goal is to win the cup. So it's all now the round robin games affect your seating. And Dave Andertruck brought up a good point about a week ago to us that if you lose all three games in the round robin, you probably get Pittsburgh in the first round. Yeah. And do you want that? I mean, they were the they were like the sixth or seventh best team in hockey record wise when it ended. Now they just happen to be the fifth seed in the East. But do you want Pittsburgh? Or is it worth your while to to really go out and try to win some games? And you don't have to be the one seed, but you may not want Pittsburgh to start because anytime you got Sidney Crosby on the ice, I worry. So if they go, if uh, if they, who are they most likely to end up with if they if they win two out of three or whatever it is? Well, I mean, you know, it's it's all seeding, so they will reseed each round of the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. So if you get the one seed, you get the lowest remaining seed, like the NFL, right? So, you know, if you're the one seed, look at any team from, you know, about 8 through 12, which includes teams like Montreal. Um, the Rangers are in there. Uh, you know, you got teams like that 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 are, you know, that you're mm-hmm. looking at that. It, Pittsburgh's the, the, the five seed. I don't have to – I can pull up the standings real quick. But, um, but yeah, I, I think Pitt, Pittsburgh's the, the team. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh's the team I think I don't want to face. Uh, Carolina is the sixth seed. Islanders are seven. So if you were to get the one seed, you're either playing Montreal, the Rangers, Florida, Columbus, or Toronto. I think those are those are your options if you're the one seed. Those are the five teams you could get eight through twelve. Yeah. If you're now, if you're two, three, or four, you're talking the Islanders, the Hurricanes, and the Penguins. So those are really good defensive teams. I think I'd rather face the you know, I'd rather face some of those lower teams personally. From the Lightning, but you yeah. know, in, in the Stanley Cup plays, we always say just get in. What if it's Columbus? <laughs> you know, that's in. They were the ninth seed coming in. Um, they got a tough matchup against Toronto to start. Yeah, I, I kind of like Columbus in that matchup. I just think Toronto's back end still a mess. Would there be any mojo? Would there be any like, uh oh, we got these guys again? Or would it be like, oh good, this is who we want? Want to erase the demons right away? I think it depends on how the first game goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the first game, the way it went last time, they were up three to one, and yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I was at the game, and I was, I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll leave early. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. You should have. <laughs> yeah, I know they wound up losing that one and the next one. I think they were down o two before anybody played another game. They were, they were down o four. They were out within a week. I know, six days. Well, it started on a what, Wednesday and was done by Tuesday. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I got less of a feel for hockey than I do. Like baseball, I think the Rays are going to be okay. And, in fact, they could be better than okay. Um, the NFL, I mean, look, you just look at rosters right now, right? Madden ratings, mm-hmm. I mean, what are you looking at? Um, but did you watch that Tom special Brady. the other night, by the way? Mm-mm. ESPN did a whole Madden special, the ratings release. So. Yeah. Who's the highest rated player? Is it, is it uh, Mike Evans? I think it's got to be Patrick Mahomes. Oh no, I'm, I don't mean. Oh, about you mean for on the, the NFL? Box? I mean, mean for the Bucks. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Lewis Riddick was like, I saw him a little thing. He's like, uh, Patrick Mahomes throwing on the run is ninety nine. Throw this ninety nine, ninety nine. It was like yeah. the whole skill set. He's was a like 90, He's one of the ninety nine guys. <laughs> Another ninety nine guys, Michael Thomas from the Saints, which surprised me. Yeah. 
Everybody wants the 99 rating. Right. It's funny how players are actually upset about the ratings, too. Oh. I saw where Jason, Jason Pierre-Paul, Pierre-Paul was mad because he's an 80. He was like, at least give me my jersey number, which is a 90. Well, you saw, um, I mean, you see at the Pro Bowl every year, uh, you know, this year they had uh, Chad Johnson out there representing the Madden crew as they were talking to mm-hmm. players and evaluating. You saw players politicking for, oh yeah, you know, pushing hard. I you need better ratings. I need higher this. I need. Yep, they get upset about That's it. It's important to them. Yeah. Now, but, I th- look, uh, I think one of the things with hockey, and I, th- I think all the sports are going to kind of be this way, but hockey and NBA, particularly because you're re- you're starting in the playoffs essentially. If you look at college football, which doesn't have a preseason, they practice, they work out, they do some scrimmages, but you go straight to a game. Generally in college football, early in the season, talent wins out. Mm-hmm. The better talented teams win. As the season goes on, coaching and as teams get better and, and, and that, I think coaching influences in those scenarios a lot more. Granted, you're younger players, so it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but Take for hockey where you're just starting out and everyone's healthy and it's go. So who's got the who's got the best rosters in hockey? And I think those teams have the advantage, okay. particularly in the early rounds. That's that, that's I could be wrong. Everyone's healthy that, but right now. Everyone's yeah. healthy, but and everyone hasn't played together for four months. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like you know we go through this two weeks training camp and we did some workouts before then, but now we're going. Now it's games. Well, wouldn't it the, the teams though? I mean, wouldn't you think the teams that have had the core that have been together the longest and the Lightning would fall under this? I think. Uh, yeah, um, I think that helps certainly, too. Certainly, Pittsburgh, Boston. Yeah, I, I think the best rosters in hockey are teams like Tampa, Boston. I think yeah. St. Louis has a really good roster. And that uh, core knows each other, so mm-hmm. it would take less time yeah. for them to get back together. I would think so too. Washington, I would put up there. Yeah, um, Vegas has a really good roster. I mean, I think those are the best rosters in hockey when you look at mm-hmm. top to bottom. So, and those are pretty much the favorites of, of the betting favorites, and they were the best teams this year too. But yeah, you know, when you start getting everyone healthy, I think you look at rosters and you say Lightning have a pretty good shot. Yeah, well, you're always going to say that when you look at their talent. Oh. That's been the mm-hmm. thing. You know, can they can they do it? Can they push through? And and this doesn't feel like a. It feels more like a new season than a continuation of the old because essentially. You've had as much time off as you would during the off season, so mm-hmm. um, nothing really has carried over except their talent is different. They're built different. They can remember how they want to play. That's going to be the key. So uh, all I care about is that uh, you know that it's coming back. That they're all staying safe. Mm-hmm. That they don't lose players to COVID. Obviously. Well, and I think there's and, a mental grind to this too. And the NBA is going to have the same thing. Of you're not at home. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 go to the rink, you practice, you play, you work out, and yeah. then you're back at your hotel, and yeah. you're, you know, you're with your teammates and such. But it's not. It's boring. Yeah. It's 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 keeping that mental sharpness through this whole thing is going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, you know, baseball and football aren't quarantining. I mean, they're not in a bubble, so right. they've got more of a normal routine to it now. But you they hope, have to stay. They have to stay in the home unit because, yeah, again, you, like the team, the guys that stray um, or that go outside their families, you know, mm-hmm. to do stuff because um, they're not being watched twenty four seven. They're right. being tested. Um, if they don't make that sacrifice for a whole season, then they're going to screw it right. up. You but know? you you are at home. You are yeah. with your kids. Well, it's much your, more your natural. Wife, yeah. and you know, yeah. I mean, you're on the road for half the time. But that's what yeah. You're I mean, used being to. locked in a hotel. I mean, that's tough. But for six weeks or eight weeks or whatever it's going to be, if you go a mm-hmm. long way in the playoffs, I mean, I think some of this is is part. Of, I mean, playoffs are kind of mental anyway in a lot of regards. Right. 
But this year, I think it can be even more of which teams can stay the strongest and not, you know, just have, I don't want to say issues, but, you know, deal with the, the, the change of, you know, let's just get through this together and, and go fight. And, and, you know, in a few weeks, we'll be back to normal going back home, hopefully with a trophy. But you know what? It's a different kind of grind because in the, in the, uh, say, the Stanley Cup, or even the NBA, but certainly the Stanley Cup, you have to add the element of travel, right? So mm-hmm. if, if you're, especially when you play, you know, when you, if you make it to the final and you're playing a Western Conference team, you're going to travel a long way. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you may have a tough game. that You're always getting on a plane, always trying to go back to your home yep. ice. Um, now you're at least in one central spot. You know, you eliminate the, the air because it's the same for everybody. So, you know, whatever you're dealing with or, or taking advantage of, the other teams are too. But yep. um, you're so, my point is is that you're not being push-pulled by family, by tickets. Um, you're not worn out in any way in terms of travel. You're just you're, you're mentally worn out because you're in one spot. I get that. But you might be able to just focus better too. You know, you don't know – you know, which team that may help because there's no distractions. It's hockey. Mm-hmm. It's your teammates. That's it. That's all you got. You know, you're there for the long haul. Um, who wants to win it? Who wants to put their name on that cup? I mean, that's what you play for. So I, I, it, I, I'm with you, though. I think the most talented team, we're going to see we're going to see a Boston, a Pittsburgh, a Tampa Bay. Um, you know, I don't know that St. Louis came out of nowhere last year. Do you see a nowhere team? Do you see a team coming out of nowhere again? I, I suppose if, you know, look, if if a Carey Price carries Montreal, although I don't think they have enough offensively to to make mm-hmm. that work. Um, the Rangers were really hot at, near the end of the season. Um, this wouldn't be a nowhere team, but Philadelphia was, I think, the hottest team in hockey going well, Philly in. was good, yeah. I mean, and that, yeah. They, they passed Pittsburgh to take the four seed. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, they don't, they get, they're in the round robin as well. Yeah, um, you know, I think I think Vegas is really good in the West. I think St. Louis. I don't, I don't know if I see any of those, you know, ten, eleven, twelve seeds that weren't going to make the playoffs that can make a long enough run. Right. Um, you know, I think the Rangers could beat Carolina. That's a six eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if Florida's got enough to get by the Islanders in the East. I, uh, Pittsburgh, I think, beats Montreal and Toronto, Columbus. I think Columbus, the nine seed, beats Toronto. But I don't, you know, I don't hmm. know if it's a, you know, I don't know if those teams have enough to go deep. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, St. Louis, yeah. uh, you know, last year, I mean, they kind of came out of, I mean, they came out of last place in January, but. Well, they started in January doing yeah, it. Yeah, but they, but they were a good team. I mean, they, they always had a better roster than what they were playing. Right. Um, and they had the momentum. That's what you mm-hmm. don't have this year. Like teams. Mm-hmm entered the Stanley Cup with momentum. Now no one has it. Everybody's at zero. They and, have health. And but, that's where I think talent wins out in this is yes. because you don't have that. That's right. No, I agree. Well, it's, I can't wait. I can't wait for hockey. I can't wait for hockey. Baseball is here on Friday. Uh, we got the Bucks and their rookies supposed to report on Tuesday. We'll have all of that. Uh, we're going to have Chris Torello this week. He's going to be with us. Yep. We've got Mark Topkin for opening day. We're going to talk to uh, Matt Baker and or Joey Knight, talk a little college football, and uh, we'll get you ready for all of that. And then, of course, you know, hockey's around. I mean, this is, this is the time you want to be here on Sports Day Tampa Bay because we have sports in Tampa Bay. It's Imagine no longer that. the dog days of summer. This is the prime time of sports. 
<laughs> How did we get through them? I mean, we got through them, right? We had, we, I mean, we still managed to do to do our jobs and and talk about all these things, and then now we get to actually talk about results and games. I can't wait. I had somebody said uh, in the Tampa Bay Times, oh, I was going to get to this, and I didn't. This is the part that I promised you, and, and we, we will talk about it again, um, probably on the next show or sometime. Um, but uh, I check out Tampa Bay Times and Sundays. Uh, you know, or you can go to tempe.com. I wrote a column, this is what I want you to know, about the rookies. We actually wrote about sports for a change. We've been writing so much about, you know, leagues trying to come back and the different issues and guys working out and stuff. But we actually wrote, or I wrote a column on Sunday uh, about the rookies and not just, you know, reminding everybody who was drafted because it seems like 100 years ago, but, but which rookies will have the biggest impact. And, um, you know, you can assume correctly that the first pick, Tristan Wirfs, I did choose to have the biggest impact simply because he's going to be a starter and may actually have to be a starter at left tackle mm-hmm. uh, if Donovan Smith doesn't come back, which would make his role even bigger. You're not going to be able to predict who I picked who's going to have the second biggest impact. So check that out. Uh, we'll discuss it later on the podcast this week. And um, and uh, go to TampaBay.com, of course, for all the sports and updates on the Rays, the Lightning, the Bucks, you name it. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.